0: I, I just came from a funeral today. I'm sorry. Uh, you I'm sorry th- to hear that. No, 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 I was going for my friend. My buddy, his, his mom passed away. And this is one of those things where, like, I'm his buddy. I care about him. I went for him. You're there to support him. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I hate funerals. As opposed to the millions of people out there who love them? I... Oh, yeah, there's people that love them. There's, there are people, I think, that love funerals. Love them. You know, see, I go to funerals or wakes and I I'm just one of these guys that sits around and observes how other people act and there's always those people that will stand around and just use like the cliches oh she lived a good life oh she's in a better place now how you doing I'm doing okay how are you doing like all those things that like like you start having the same conversation with everybody there right there's no real substance to the conversations you're all just kind of standing around having the same conversation with each other. And for this one, I was struck by something that I'm I'm struck by at most of these. This is why I don't like going to them. Because there's part of it that doesn't feel genuine when you're having conversations with people. So I'm standing at the wake, because the funeral is today. But I'm standing at the wake last night. Here on the south side. And this guy shows up at the wake that I knew when I was like a kid i bumped into him once or twice since then. But in the total fabric of time and space, I probably have seen him less than the amount of fingers on my hand in the last 25 years. Like, I do not interact with him. I don't have a problem with him. We just live different lives, and I think the last time that I really had a discussion with him was, like, high school. It happens. But he shows up. He says hi. We, we start chatting, and... Right away, he goes into the cliches. Oh, uh, it's a tough time. Tough. Things are tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah things are tough. Uh, but you know what? Tomorrow, tomorrow, we're going we're to lay her to rest. And, and he's got this real, like, look of consternation. This real, like, you know, oh, this is like ripping him apart. I don't think it is. I think this is just how he thinks he's supposed to act at the wake. Sure. And he goes, oh, uh, you know, and then we'll sit down and we'll have some food. She always liked food. I almost burst out laughing right there. Wait, I'm sorry. She she just, she liked food. She always liked food. Now she wasn't a big woman. This wasn't like a slip where like she was a fatty and like, she was like, you know, carrying 450, 500, you know, she sat down and she ate six meals a day at the buffet line. She was the first one there. Not at all. She was a small woman. He couldn't find anything else that he, he could say about her. He couldn't say, "Oh, you know, she always loved skiing," or, you know, she loved their grandchildren, or she loved she, he couldn't come up with anything except for, you know, she always
1: loved food. <laughs> and I was like, "She always loved food." You know what she enjoyed? She enjoyed consuming sustenance to prolong her life.
0: And I thought to myself, "Who doesn't enjoy food?" Who are these people out there <laughs> that at their funeral somebody's going to say, You know, he
1: never liked eating. And now he doesn't doesn't have to eat anymore. He's in a better place. (laughs) He's in
0: a better place where there's no food. And he never has to eat again. Or maybe he's in
1: a worse place where he has to eat all the time. (laughs) One of the two.
0: Right. I remember back in the day, you know, we went to a ball game. And she was so annoyed by the hot dog vendors trying to push their food upon her. (laughs) So she's much happier now without any or in this case, she just loved food. Like, And here's the worst thing about it. That was the, one of the most poignant moments of the last 48 hours. Because the talk is so empty at these things. And look, I've lost people. I've, I've gone to weeks. I've gone to very sad funerals. I've also gone to them where, you know, you, you know the person. I haven't seen her in years. And like people start having these conversations with each other. And this guy, all he could come up with was... She always loved
1: food. I just, <laughs> that's like the bare minimum you can say about someone, I think. She always loved, I, I i sincerely hope that there is somebody at my funeral who has something more to say about me than, you know what he used to do? He used to drink water on occasion. He, he used to chew. Like, like I, I was sitting there, like that's what I
0: thought. You see, I felt the same way that you feel right now. I turned around, I looked at my son, and I was like, make sure you have something better to say about me when I die. <laughs> then, then, You know, Dad always liked a sandwich. Like,
1: <laughs> now, I, I will say I'm not sure that my children have anything nicer about me to say than, you know what, Dad Dad really likes donuts. Dad, dad always, yes.
0: <laughs> I just want something better. Like, when I die, give me anything other than... He searched for like the deepest thing that he could possibly come up with. And he goes, ah, she always liked food.
1: I will work on making sure that if I am at your funeral, if, if, if you go first, that I have something nicer or deeper to say about you than, than the fact that you liked food. And I won't even cheap out and say, you know what else you liked? <laughs> you liked to drink things. Yeah. Breathing.
0: He liked breathing. Not doing that anymore. This episode is brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. They're having an installer job fair Saturday, the 26th of February, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. in Evergreen Park at their home office. They are quickly growing. They're an award-winning family business. They have an excellent benefit package available to those that want to go and join their team. If you've done what they do before and you want to go to a better working environment or if you want to see what they do, and start a new career, check them out. Just bring your valid driver's license Saturday, February 26th to Family Waterproofing Solutions in Evergreen Park. Get all the details at familydry.com. You know, I don't normally talk about things other than White Sox baseball on Socks in the Basement. Right. It's 30 right. minutes of socks, but I couldn't help myself. Plus, the lockout continues to drag, and I can see it, folks. I can actually see it in the way that you consume Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement always has a pattern when people when people listen to it, right? And the first day it comes out, big listenership, and then it's like a little hill that slowly comes down again till the next time it comes out, big listenership. Some people listen to it three days later. It's on demand. You can listen to it whenever you want to. Sometimes people go back and they check out other episodes because they're starved for baseball. They just want to enjoy another one, and it's only 30 minutes, right? But in the last couple of weeks, since the, the mediation asked by the owners, since some of the annoying tweets that have been sent out by both sides, you can see the anger in White Sox fans and baseball fans because they're now consuming this show like they're watching something like on demand on like an app. you know? Like, I'll get to it when I get to it. When I get to it, I'll listen to it. I'm, you know, we still have the same amount of people listening, but I can see by the days that they listen to it, people's interest in baseball is disappearing. Like there are people who are angry and there are people that are not as interested as they normally would be, especially this time of year. They still get to it eventually, but the listening habits, I can see a clear change in them. And I'm sure they're seeing the, the amount of people that still check out sockson on 35th.com, our partners, and, and all the articles that they have over there. They're seeing the same total numbers, but things are being consumed differently because there's a palpable annoyance with this lockout and the way that things are going. So I share I share my my funeral story because honest to goodness, what else are we going to talk about? The, these guys have to work out their problems. They're now they're now they're trying to get what the the
1: labor secretary or something involved wasn't it? So the, yeah, the, la- the labor U.S. labor secretary is, is all offered gonna do? to step in and and come in and help him help him negotiate, as he put it, the way he would in any industry where you know he wants he wants ownership and and workers to come together. I, I, I share in people's sort of waning interest in some ways because yeah it it is it it gets frustrating to hear the same thing over and over again which is baseball is not happening anytime soon because the players and the owners can't get themselves together so
0: it's it's not that they can't get together like in a room or something like that they have the ability to do that whenever they want to the problem is that the owners decided they were going to play this game and try to put pressure on the players and the players are calling their bluff and in the end we suffer as a fan base right it, it, it's funny to me that they forget the fallout from the 94 strike because they're gonna get the same thing here they had to literally turn a blind eye to Sammy Sosa going from a guy who hits three home runs a year to breaking Roger Maris's record along with 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 Mark McGuire who had the the pills sitting in his locker in, in broad daylight that's what saved baseball attendance was down Revenue was down there were people who were so angry with what they did. The fan base and interest disappeared. And that was before we had all the options we have for our entertainment that we have now. This is a blunder, not only on the part of the owners, but a massive blunder on the part of the players as well. Because in the end, if the gate goes down now over the next couple of years, because you take away a couple of months of a baseball season, or people feel wronged by what you did, it will affect your bottom line. In the future, not enough that they, they care because we're talking about millionaires and billionaires and we're talking about money that you and I and anybody else listening here, unless you're one of the few privileged, we'll ever will never see that kind of money. We'll never know what it's like to, to walk around with that kind of money in our bank account and not care about what the peons of the world believe and how they feel. But the peons are getting angry. I think that's my point. The peons who they don't really care about, they say they care about us, right? The owners are like, we're doing this for the betterment of the game because we love the fans. And then the players are like, we're doing this because we want everybody to be competitive because we love the fans. I don't feel love. I don't feel any love at all. I I don't. I feel no No, love. No, I feel
1: zero zero love at all.
0: You know what I feel like? You know what I feel like? I feel like the kind of person that at a funeral, somebody would just say, like the players and the owners would be like, well, he liked food. That's how much they care about me. Socks in the basement listeners, do the hard work.
1: You work hard. You've earned it. Red wing shoes. In fact, you liked food so much that they're not even doing dollar hot dogs at the park again this year. <laughs> yes, thank you. I liked food
0: so much. They didn't. They wouldn't even do that, Ed. They wouldn't even mention about how much I enjoyed food because they're taking away the dollar hot dogs. Because I haven't. I haven't seen them on the list. Let's do something that's a little bit more fun. Let's have some
1: fun. Let's let's try and have some fun. You had this
0: idea, so for the rest of the show today, instead of me yelling and screaming and getting angry. And, and, and being, cause I'm annoyed. I'm ticked off. There's enough things in this world right now to be ticked off about. I really need like a normal baseball season. And of course I'm not going to get it, but let's do something fun.
1: Yeah. Let's play some would you rather? This yeah. is great. Okay. Well, it's fine.
0: I got a beer in front of me. I've already been at the, uh, uh, the funeral, the post funeral bar today. So, uh, right. I'm, I'm, I'm right. ready to go. Okay.
1: So yeah, I, I'm thinking let's just get to the, let's get to the, we've run out of things to say and we're a little toasted. So we're having some bar conversation today. Bar
0: conversation today. The nine foot homemade yeah, we'll, oak bar. We'll,
1: we'll keep it. We'll keep it baseball. In really my basement though. here on we'll the
0: south side. Okay.
1: Yeah. What do we'll you keep got? It White Sox related. Would you rather? Would I rather have a ballpark promotion where everybody gets a free cattle prod? <laughs> or would you rather that the seats had rumbles in them so they could tell you when to stand up and cheer?
0: Well, so, wait, wait! everybody gets a free cattle prod. Why? Because I'm going to use it on the guy in front of me if they don't get up and cheer? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is a terrible idea. No. no. <laughs> yeah. First of all, you shouldn't need either. You shouldn't need a seat that tells you when it's time for you to cheer. But definitely don't hand out cattle prods. I mean, look, there are there are giveaways in the history of Major League Baseball that have gone terribly awry. That would be the worst one. Have you seen the way that people act in the stands these days? Do you, do you remember what uh, left center field looked like in the bleachers, especially in the early part of the season when people had been locked up because of COVID and they came out and they forgot how to act. That was nuts. You you want to give those people cattle prods out there? What's wrong with you? Yeah, that, You're First 10, fans. Not everybody gets one. That's as bad as when they have bat night and then a fight breaks yeah. out. Or, <laughs> right. or, or the Twins game that I went to, I want to say 94, 95, around the time of the strike I went out there to Minneapolis with my my whole family and they were in that trash bag dome that they used to have and they handed out real Major League baseballs with the Twins logo on it for a rivalry game for the Twins and the White Sox. Well, where do you think all the visiting fans, where do you think they're sitting? They're not in the good seats. They're in the upper deck and you've armed them with baseballs. When Shane Mack hit a walk-off home run, to complete a four-game sweep of the Chicago White Sox, I am surprised somebody didn't die that day. Like my father, I, was, <laughs> I, I went to go throw my ball in my dad Grammy me by the arm because I was a punk teenager. And he's like, you are not throwing that off the second deck. Meanwhile, everybody's throwing them. Like all the oh, White right, Sox fans right. yeah, just all throw, the, the, the players are running off the field. People are covering their children in the lower deck. You don't hand out weapons, Ed. That's a terrible idea. Don't come at me with that anymore.
1: Okay, fine, fine. How about something more uh, related to the product on the field?:
0: Okay. Cattle prods for errors. I'll take cattle prods for errors. That's what I'll take. I'm okay with that. because we got we to gotta fix the defense. I'm okay with cattle prods for errors.
1: Would you rather have Larry Garcia playing second base or a left-handed second baseman?:
0: Any left-handed second baseman? Do I get to any pick left-handed, pick my left-handed second, 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 baseman? second baseman? you can pick.) <laughs> I'm sure I can find a few left-handed second basemen in Major League Baseball better than Larry Garcia. So if I can pick whoever I want to, I'm going with that. Here's the thing. This is, this goes back to me in my mind with the Garcia thing. It reminds me of the Willie Harris thing in 05. Right. That in in the offseason, we just kept getting told Willie Harris is the second baseman. And White Sox fans are like, Are you kidding me? Now Willie Harris's fans, they were like, Yeah. But I remember Soxfest that year and Kenny Williams was getting roasted on a daily basis. That was back when they would actually get in front of the crowd and they do it every day. Right now. Now they make it so that it's very rare that you even get in there. And when you do get in there, they only do it like one time over the weekend. Like imagine a Sox fest this year. If Larry Garcia was still penciled in to be the starting second baseman for the Chicago White Sox, I think that the discourse amongst the fans would be very similar to when it was Willie Harrison 05. And, and with the Harris thing, Gucci's name had already started popping up amongst people who were following the fact that he was posting and that he was going to be available. And they were questioning, you have a team here. Why are you going to start with Willie Harris? And there was a lot of backlash, I remember, at that Sox Fest. And I want to say that they got pretty close to spring training and then they finally pulled the trigger and brought in a Gucci. And that was a big deal. I mean, he made such a yeah. difference on that team. That one player in that one position made such a difference on that team. They got off to such a hot start. He played incredible defense. He was one of those guys that was always really good at, like, where does the ball need to go? That's why he was, like, the perfect number two hitter. He'd come up, and he'd be like, oh, I need to put it to the right side of the field. The disciplined hitting that is the Japanese style of baseball, all right? And I think we'd be hearing the same kind of thing, where people would be sitting there saying, hey, look, he's not really that good defensively, and I, I don't think on a consistent basis over 162 games I want him in the lineup. And there's better options out there at second base. So I compare it to that. Uh, I'll go with uh, left-handed second baseman immediately.
1: All right. Um, On the subject of bringing baseball back from the the blunder of the lockout, would you rather the players find a cheat to improve the gaudiness of their stats to bring fans back, or (laughs) do you want some sort of – non-baseball related entertainment like a halftime show in the seventh inning stretch but it could be even something you know something musical something tawdry whatever whatever tawdry you know, whatever you want to put there
0: all right well i'm gonna avoid tawdry because i like to bring my yeah, children to ball I, games yeah yeah it, it,
1: uh, it, maybe not on family sundays but
0: listen i i don't want them to add anything special to a baseball game i don't want them to do anything to cheat to get people's interest back but i think they will If they learn anything from how to recover from the, from what happened with the 94 strike at some point, somebody's going to have a meeting with somebody else there and it's going to be, Hey, uh, we need to get in the news. We have somebody who can put up 75 home runs in a season. Can we create it? Can we make a baseball that, you know, we could kind of slip in there and kind of, and kind of make the game more exciting. They're going to do something. They're going to have to. Because if they if they cut into Major League Baseball games, there will be blowback. It was it was shown in ninety four, it'll happen again. There will be blowback as much as there are people out there who find it unreasonable who will sit there and say, What do you care if they if they were 20 games short or I care about my team, I'm gonna watch my team. It's the same people that, you know, never went to a Blackhawk game until Bill Wirtz died. It's the same people that refuse to go into a White Sox game until Jerry Reinsdorf isn't around anymore we know those people exist and so there's going to be a group of people that are going to say i'm not spending any money on them after they took away my baseball season or the beginning of my baseball season or caused some kind of trouble for me why am i giving them more money there there will be a group of people like that and it will cut into their bottom line not enough that it really matters because if it mattered they'd be on the field on time and i'm starting to not be sure if that's going to happen but yeah i i think the i think it'll be interesting to see how eventually major league baseball brings those fans back and will it have to be something that was underhanded like the, uh, the beginning of the steroid era, because in reality that's what brought baseball back. Like Babe Ruth saved baseball after the 1919 Black Sox scandal, uh, steroids brought people back when they didn't know it was steroids after the 94 strike.
1: I see. You and now I, I think what they'll do is they'll go for the entertainment factor. I think in the seventh inning stretch, Benches and bullpens clear, Royal Rumble style. <laughs> Last one standing gets a run. Their team gets a God, run. that's Bo Jackson's music. He's back. <laughs> exactly, because then you can bring guys back. You
0: know. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be great. It's not going to happen though, not at all. It'll be no, something that'd be
1: fantastic though, wouldn't it?
0: Unless you find the next Babe Ruth that's going to uh, excite the population. Uh, or or you find something along the lines of the people breaking records all of a sudden, but I don't think people would trust that. See, that's the thing. So it'll be, I'm I'm curious if they do if they do put a dent in the fan base for Major League Baseball. What will pull them back out of it? Because they will take a hit for it. Okay, they took a hit in 1919 with the Black Sox scandal. They took a hit in '94 with the work stoppage. If they don't start the season on time, they'll take some sort of a hit. And the longer it lasts, the longer and the bigger the hit will be. I want to tell you about what I did this weekend because I went out to go visit one of our proud sponsors here on Socks in the Basement. I went out to Blue Island to the Double Play Saloon, and uh, I stopped into that place with the missus. That is a fun spot. To, you know, We were out. We were bouncing around. We were seeing some people. and She's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, we're close to Blue Island. Let's go over to Double Play. They're big Sox in the Basement fans over there. They're big White Sox fans over there. Uh, stopped in, saw, saw the owner, Tommy. In fact, if you want to reach out to him, the Sunday Beanbag League. Still taking signups. It starts February the 27th. You can sign up between now through this weekend. It is a 10-week-long season four to eight players per team. And the bags games are played on Sunday afternoons. You could text him or call him 773-574-0992. $5 basket lunch specials, $13 Miller and Bud family buckets there. Temperature soup. In fact, he told me that he had socks in the basement listeners come in for the temperature soup because they've been hearing about the fact that they have great soup there and it's really cheap. And they have people that signed up for the darts league that we've been talking about before this beanbag league. Because they listen to the show. So fans are trying to find something to do while we're waiting for spring training and baseball news. And a lot of Sox of the Basement listeners in the area of Blue Island seem to be popping in and checking out Double Play Saloon. They have a newly remodeled private gaming area. Check them out at 13011 Western Avenue in Blue Island. All right, give me another one.
1: Yeah, there's no would you rather there. That's just a great choice to go there.
0: Oh, I, I had a good time. I had Listen, Ed, I had a good time. It's like a, it's a neighborhood bar. It's a, it's a neighborhood bar that specializes in darts uh, friendly people I, I I met I met new friends while I was there that you know I, I was in there for maybe like an hour and a half and by the time I left I knew about three four new people you know
1: I would say that that's the sign of a great neighborhood bar when you walk out of there knowing new people
0: yeah you, you know what you need that in life I just had this conversation with my son who's 13 years old going on 14 and who's going through a lot because trust me it's difficult for these kids right now. Okay. They're, they're, they're going through an awful lot emotionally over the last couple are, of years. These
1: are tough times, but you know what? They're they're gonna be in a better place soon and they always like to eat. <laughs> but the point is I was telling them like you can't do everything online, kid.
0: Get out into the world and meet some people.
1: Yep. You know? So so here's one, here here's one to 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 maybe wrap this up on that thought to save some money going to the ballpark because you know it's going to th- th- this is going to have a financial impact on everyone would you rather have to share your seat for the entire game or <laughs> Natty Light the official beer of the Chicago White Sox
0: okay so here the question is can two people purchase one seat and split the cost y- is that what you're trying
1: to say y- to me y- yeah y- yeah yeah you, you have to share your seat they're gonna try and they're gonna try and double up on on everybody. Five hundred levels probably get in the shared seats more than the one hundred. Let's face it, but but yeah, you might have to sit on somebody's lap or vice versa. Have you seen the size of White Sox
0: fans? Have you seen the size of people in general? How are two people gonna use that seat? This is as dumb as the cattle prod thing, Ed. I'm starting to think you didn't prepare for this show very well. Okay, I I would go instead of that. Natty Light, the official beer of White Sox baseball. That's fine. You're going to be selling some some pretty cheap beer out there, and it's going to get a little wild, you know. Especially like on the weekends in the summer when it's ninety some degrees out there, it's gonna it's gonna get a little nuts. I don't think I've had Natty Light in a long time. I'm I'm a beer snap. All right, I used to drink it.
1: I, I think everybody everybody has a has a point in their life where they're like, yeah, that's that's what I that's what I am drinking or that's what I used to drink.
0: Natty Light when you have five dollars and you want to drink thirty of something like that's, that's right. Basically what it is.
1: Well, uh, hell, you know what I'm thinking is is after after enough natty lights that, that sheets, sheet seat sharing thing isn't really that bad, really. You know? We'd probably go along for it at that point.
0: I want retro beers to come back. That's what I want. I want a oh, that'd retro. Be cool. I want a retro beer bar. I, I I don't I don't think you could actually recreate Well, maybe you could. Wouldn't that be a now that's a great idea. I just came up with an idea here in my head. I'm, I'm, somebody's gonna steal this. The idea that like if you could get a hold of the the recipes for certain classic beers right and you were able to purchase the rights to that and then brew those beers on a like a small brewer level and then you were able to like like offer red dog inside of your retro bar
1: i want to say that that's what they <laughs> did when they brought back schlitz a few years ago is that they, they found the the old school original schlitz recipe and then started brewing it in small batches
0: that, that would make sense you see I'd be into that. I like, you know, I, I will, if I see something that I have not had in a long time and all of a sudden it's there, I, I'll get it. And then I'll drink it and I'll be like, oh, I remember why I don't drink this anymore. But right, I'll, at least exactly. try it, <laughs> I'll at least try it once.
1: That, you know what? But for, for that one moment, you're like, oh yeah. And then you're like, oh yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. That's what I want you to remember about me at. Okay. What's one that? day at the end of my life, Chris he drink anything once. And in there as well, he was also really, really upset about the whole lockout thing. That that really annoyed him. Right. Especially right. because of the fact that it seems like whenever the White Sox are on the cusp of going out and winning a World Series, there's a labor issue. You know? I feel like 94 stole a World Series championship from me. I know younger people out there who, you know, weren't around or were little kids might not feel that way, but, you know, teenage Chris... I think what what is what is it? 94? I'm I'm a junior at Brother Rice High School. Going in the games with my dad all the time. He's got season tickets. Go through that go through that whole season after going through 93 and watching him clinch. And knowing we were that close. We were a Robin Ventura foul pole just missed home run in game five against the Blue Jays. We were that close to making that three to two over the Jays right. in the ninety-three postseason. It was that freaking close. And knowing your team was good and ready and was going to win, and I never want to hear anything about, oh, the Expos. Give me a break. People just say the Expos because it's cool to talk about them so they can pretend that they know something about it. White Sox would have beaten the crap out of the Expos.
1: Actually, the the, the insufferable ones are the Yankees fans.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, they would have won it that year. No, you wouldn't have. The White Sox were a better team. Sox were going to win that. I feel like the White Sox had a World Series, at minimum, a pennant ripped from right. them because of that 94 labor dispute. And now I'm watching this junk and that's what worries me. And the, here's the thing. It's not like they're going to cut the season short and there won't be a postseason. They're going to find a way to play baseball, but I'm worried that they're going to affect things so poorly that my team doesn't go out and make the necessary moves that it would have made with a normal off season. And later I look back and say, or I hear something from the front office. Well, we would have done that if it wouldn't have been for the labor dispute. That's my biggest fear right now. And then you'll sit there and say, well if they would have done that, we would have won. Right? Like I'm I'm so afraid of that right now. But that's that's a lot to put into like a sentence at my at my wake. So
1: just go with I was about to say at this point if I have to put all of this stuff on your tombstone <laughs> I'm gonna need an entire field. <laughs> and a lot of lights to l- illuminate that so people could read it Socks in the basement Socks in the basement Socks in the basement Socks in the basement, in the basement. Heard everywhere podcast
0: can be found and always on Socksinthebasement.com